Uh, good preaching has been described in a lot of ways. One description is this. What good preaching does is it afflicts the comfortable and comforts the afflicted. Get that? And so it's going to help you one way or the other. It's going to make you feel better if you should, if you're feeling bad. It's going to teach you more if you're not doing what God wants. So it has both sides to it. We can feel too comfortable. It gives us the role of being a watchman, depending on the translation, or a sentinel, a guard, maybe another word for it. Maybe some of you who have a military background knows what you've done standing guard long hours. Maybe nothing happens. Maybe you were there because something might happen and it was crucial you be there. We know the reason for a guard in times of danger. Go as simple as this, in your own house. Uh, Most of us would have a smoke detector. Uh, We don't notice it most of the time. It just sits there. It's up on the wall or the ceiling and it remains there almost indefinitely unless it's a battery power that runs down and then it starts chirping at you. Other than that, you're just waiting, hoping it never goes off. Because when it does, that means you need to get out right now. It's important that you vacate the premises, take everything, everyone with you as you go. Because there's an emergency. The smoke has been detected. He writes to us in a kind of uh, moment, we're to be as a sentinel. A person who stands up to share the news of what God is trying to say. Giving warning to what is happening that uh, God has a plan for you, but also there's a time to turn to him, and the time is now. Involved, we're involved in this work because it's what God has made us for. He desires that everyone would know the love that he's shown to us in Jesus Christ. He also knows that for us to do that, we have to give ourselves to him. We have to surrender ourselves so that we become fresh in him and make a new life. Out of that, he says, I want you to be a guardian. You're to watch over people. Know that there's an important ministry to be done. It's life-changing. Now, you and I would say, Glenn, you come to this other Sundays, you're you're probably going to do it some more in the future, but frankly, I've never gotten to that faith-sharing stuff where I feel comfortable yet. I know it's important, but I'm not yet comfortable. Well, let's, let's think of somebody else who's trying to make it happen. We have a video to share with you here. You have to learn it to be able to show it. And, and we don't have someone standing in the bushes uh, with you and your helmet on to get the message. But we have a message to share. That's the good news of the passage, too, is that God entrusts to us. Now, I guess God could have done a lot of things to straighten us out. Some people say God could have given us no free will. That would have saved lots of problems in the world today. But then again, we wouldn't have been who we are, would we? Instead, God made us the way he wanted us. Out of that, he also gave us the opportunity to choose him or to not choose him. And in the middle of that, he is asking us to say yes to him. Only in our uh, Lone Ranger lives, doing our own thing, we find we really do need help along the way. And here he's reminding us that we are meant to be a part of that help that God calls us to watch out for those around us and care for them. Doesn't mean you always have the right answer, always know exactly the thing to say that you're guaranteed will work, but our compassion and caring often is what people need. We're called to be a sentinel, someone who is standing on guard, watching out for those who are around us. Sometimes it may be a stranger. Oftentimes it's not. You ever been a guard before. Uh, When I was in college, my 
nighttime job for three years was a desk clerk and watchman. And I was better at the desk clerk than I was at the watchman. It was proven one night when someone stole four televisions and I never knew about it. Uh, the other side then, there was another night when a group of people were breaking in the back door to the restaurant and I have to be out circling. I saw them and went and called for help. They did get away, but at least, you know, I was a watchman okay that night. Uh, it's, it's time. It's hard on that sometimes, you know. Being there at the right moment, the right time to do something that's helpful is often the challenge itself, but God is giving us that challenge. That's part of what we're asked to be as the people who, with compassion and caring, find that we will do better. Someone described a, a disease often found in the church called the nesting syndrome. I call it disease because it uh, can be deadly to the life of the church. This is how it goes. It's a feeling. It's a feeling when I come to church that, you know, there's good food when I come for feeding times. Uh, There's good fellowship when there's fellowship times. There's good teaching and good worship. And and the finances are doing good at the church. And, And, man, everything is perfect at the church. And you're saying to me, so what's wrong with that? And you know what's wrong with it, don't you? Because it sounds like we've gotten to that state where nothing needs to be done And nothing is needed of me. In fact, he's saying, as good as it may be going in here, there's just as much work for us to be doing outside of here. God is at work in the world as much as he is at work in his church. In fact, he's so often working through his church in the world, we're trying to understand that in fresh ways. So we're looking for times when we are to be made uncomfortable We find that God is pushing us to places where we really don't much want to go or feel that we're most competent, but it's where God needs us. And I frankly think there's never a better place to be than where God needs you. When he wants to use you, he puts you in those places, he gives us opportunity. The thing he wants to know most of all is do we care about others, not about our technique. We always have it downright. But our compassion and caring will communicate in amazing ways if we let it. In the text, he wants us to know there's, there are great things at stake in the ministry of the church. They're often seen in bulletins or in orders of worship or in the uh, circulation of our newsletters. But there are great things at stake and it has to do with the lives of people around us. Amazing, there are many people around us that have a concept of what we would call universal salvation. That's the idea that, you know, that that God saved everyone and we have nothing to do with it. He just did it. And if you read our theology only in part, where it said that Christ died for the whole world, that sounds correct. If you keep reading on, however, you learn that it calls for a response. That is an act of faith. We may call it a decision. We also call it a journey because then we're trying to live out the faith that has started in us. And God can use that. So that becomes a new challenge with it. Maybe you have experienced that kind of faith in someone. I, I know I see bumper stickers on a car so once in a while that represents it to me. It's a, in using religious symbols, it has the word coexist across the Bible. Have you seen, seen, have you seen that around? I've noticed that. 
And it's the idea, I'm not sure what it means to everyone who has it on theirs, but uh, what it sounds like to me is that there's no difference between them. We would say, yes, there is. We'd also say that we as Christians are meant to love all people, that we're not there to cast them out because they're different from us. We learn to love them in Christ, calling them to the same love that we have experienced. That's our message That's what we're trying to share about Jesus Christ. We know that what we're doing is important. He'd say to us that there is a sense of urgency about what we do. We're not ever sure when we get the last time with a friend or maybe even a stranger to share the good news of the love of God. And so we should take advantage of those times each time. You seen anyone standing on the street corner, I've witnessed this before, giving one of those uh, messages sort of like a John the Baptist would, you know, really giving them a hard time, dishing it out about the heat of hell and destruction. And, you know, you hear that and you roll up your window, you turn up your sound of your radio and you ignore it. And for a lot of us, that certainly is an effective way to tell about the love of God. I'm sure that for some people... It communicates. Maybe not for us, but for some it does. For us, I'm sure God is not going to have you standing on the street corner. Think of this image. The way you do it is it's around a table. Maybe at your own home or another person's. It may be at the restaurant in a booth or the table together. And you begin to share about someone and their life is struggling. Maybe they made some poor decisions. Their faith is lacking Well, they as yet have a faith. And with that, you have an opportunity as a friend or a neighbor or maybe even as a stranger to share something about what God's love is like. The starting point of our work is in our own relationship with God. We cannot offer well what we do not always also have for ourselves. So we're trying to prepare ourselves for the work. We come to know what God is doing. That uh, smoke detector, that sentinel that is there without you noticing it, on duty 24 hours a day, also has to have a source of power, just as you and I must. Our faith requires power for it to live, be active, to touch the lives of others, to make a difference in who we are. For that uh, sentinel smoke detector is a battery of some kind. For you and I, it's the Holy Spirit and our relationship with God that helps us. People searching for people is what God has made for us. It's his plan of salvation. People reaching people. Every Christian is called to be a part of God's plan. Not just preachers or staff people or somebody with an office in a church or just adults. It applies to youth and his children understand God's grace also. There's a sense of urgency about what we do. We never know when we'll have that last chance to share with someone an important moment about faith and life, and we need to give it attention. Our failure has consequences. As our text says, both to us and to them. The great part of our scripture I like to share here is Jesus, it says to us that God takes no pleasure in the judgment of those who are wicked. God has no pleasure in the death of the wicked people. 
He is not looking forward to that. He's not saying, oh man, now I pay him back. Now I can get even. That is no pleasure to God. We may be that kind of people. Want to deal it out because they dealt it out to us, but that's not what God is like. He's a forgiving God who wants us to know that we're called to be his people who share the same. In a moment when you come to communion, I want you to think with me. Think with me about someone whom God is putting in your path. You may have a name that comes quickly. It may be someone that will come to you in the next few days to whom you should have the opportunity of sharing freely about your faith, listening to them, finding where their life is a struggle, and being in prayer and compassion and caring. They're out there, and we're the people who are called to be a part of it. God's plan is people to people, and we are his people. Would you pray with me? Our Father, you are the one who gives the greatest gifts. Your love is beyond our best imagination, and your caring and compassion has no end. Teach us to be more like Christ every day. Help us to receive in these moments ahead in worship that gift of his grace, reminding us, Lord, that we are sinners in need of forgiveness, and we know the love of Christ, and we're called to share what we already know. For that, we give you thanks and find great joy in the name of Christ. Amen.